What is up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Tuesday. It is October 11th, and uh, we're here for another waiver wire. This might be the biggest waiver wire run of the year. If you happen to have one particular player out there, you probably already know who I'm talking about. But if you don't, we're going to get into it. Of course, I will also give you the hard pass list. I'll give you the hold and cut list and some defenses to stream for this week. Remember, you can check everything out that I have going on over at ftnfantasy.com. Use that promo code RATPACK to get yourself 20-20, off. Let's dive into it, though, because like I said, you may have an opportunity to get a running back who has the looks of a RB2 plus for the rest of the way, and that isn't always something we can get on waivers. Of course, I'm talking about Ken Walker. There was a reason why in the FTN Discord chat, I kept telling people to hold on to this guy. Uh, I'm not going to predict injuries, but I will predict that running backs will get hurt every year in the NFL. I don't know which running backs, but I know that running backs will get hurt. And in some instances when they get hurt, like we're going to talk about the Arizona backfield. All right, well, I mean, Eno Benjamin, there's some appeal there. But in other instances, there are guys like Walker, or if Dalvin Cook went down with Alexander Madison, or if Ezekiel Elliott went down with Tony Pollard, or heck, even maybe if Devin Singletary went down with James Cook. These types of players who, I hate the phrase league winner because no one player is truly a league winner. They may win you some games at the right time, which ultimately, yeah, you win the championship, but this is the type of player, let's call him a huge difference maker, and I don't like to get rid of those guys, and I also, when I draft them, I'm drafting them for a while. I'm not drafting them for week one, and then when they don't perform well, I drop them. I'm not drafting them for the first month of the season a lot of times with these rookie running backs, so if you if you drop this dude last week, take that as a lesson. There's really not much you can do. I mean, you could spend all your fab on him which is what I'm recommending, 50 to 100%. That's not of your remaining budget. It is of the entire budget. So if you didn't spend a single cent, I would still consider spending 100% of my fab on this dude this week. But if you dropped him, I mean, all you can do is learn for next year. Write it down. Don't think you're going to remember it. Actually write it down. What are we going to get with Walker? We're going to get a guy who has game-breaking speed. We're going to get a guy who is a between-the-tackles runner, sort of a prototype from that standpoint. And go and look, if you didn't already see it, at the 69-nice-yard touchdown from last week. I mean, you see everything that he's capable of doing. And the team's actually not that bad, surprisingly enough. So 50 to 100%. George Pickens is still out there. He's number two on my list. 45% of leagues he's still out there, and I don't know what's happening there. But if he's somehow still available, I'd go 30% on him. Deontay Johnson's still the clear top target. But Pickens and Claypool are sort of 2 and 2B in that offense. And that's not going to be bad for Pickens. I actually thought, despite the blowout, there were some positive notes there for uh, for Pickett, not Pickens, but, well, Pickens too, but for Kenny Pickett. I thought there were some positive notes. Jacoby Myers, 15%. He had 100-plus in a score with Bailey Zappi. I mean, this dude is the number one receiver for the team. He maybe doesn't have an elite ceiling, but his floor is super high. And he could just play football, man. So Jacoby Myers, 15%. How about this? I'm pretty high on a quarterback this week because of the performance over the first five weeks of the season. I'm all aboard on the Geno train. Geno Smith, 15% 
in one quarterback leagues. He is a top 10 fantasy quarterback through the first five weeks of the season. He's been rolling over the last three weeks in particular because he's especially found this nice connection with both Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. He's playing good football on top of it. This isn't like Carson Wentz going out there and putting up good numbers but not actually playing that good football. It, it's all coming together. I mean, every year there are surprises. Every year there are quarterbacks who emerge. And this is the reason why I don't put too much stock into the position in fantasy drafts. I'm going to draft these guys in the late rounds, not in the middle rounds. Because look at it. If you drafted Russell Wilson in the middle rounds, if you drafted Matthew Stafford in the middle rounds, you're on the verge of dropping those dudes if you didn't already. If you drafted Kyler Murray in the early middle rounds, you are banging your head off the wall every week. Now, to be fair, Kyler is quarterback five right now in fantasy, but it's not a fun ride. If you drafted Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins in the late rounds, if you drafted Justin Fields, okay, maybe you cut Justin Fields, but there are always going to be guys like Geno Smith. And honestly, if I knew who the next guy was, I would have him ranked higher in fantasy draft season. We just don't ever know. This year, looks like Geno Smith for now. Uh, so he should be a, a rostered across the board in one quarterback leagues. Raheem Mostert, 12%. If there was a doubt, if you had a doubt, there shouldn't be a doubt any longer. He's the number one back in that backfield. 42 snaps this past week, 33 more than Chase Edmonds. Obviously topped 100 yards in the process. Uh, I mentioned Eno Benjamin earlier. I'm going 5 to 7% on Eno, Eno Benjamin. So... James Conner's banged up. He's got a ribs issue. Daryl Williams is a knee issue, and the team is bringing in running backs to work out. That's more important than anything. So Corey Clement came in uh, to work out for the team. Usually that means that one or both of those guys are are, are fairly, fairly hurt. Hurt more than uh, the team is letting on at the present moment. So why is this important? Well, I mean, you'll get Eno Benjamin as at least a short-term rental. The James Conner thing does not sound like a long-term thing. It's a ribs issue, which is usually a pain tolerance, and maybe he can't play through it this week like we saw with Alvin Kamara in week four, but then he gets back next week. But it's important because this you know, this matchup is against the Seahawks. Beautiful matchup here for Eno Benjamin. So I take him as a rental 5 to 7%. Brian Robinson, 5 to 7%, got back on the field last week. Out touched Antonio Gibson nine to six. He's not usable yet, but he should be on benches. Like this is trending in the right direction for Brian Robinson. All right, Taysom Hill at eight. Let's talk about it. I'm not going any higher than five percent. And I'll tell you precisely why Taysom Hill annoys me as a fantasy analyst. The number one predictive factor for any of these guys is opportunities. In order to get opportunities, you have to be on the field. So far this season, Taysom Hill is averaging 14, 14 snaps per game. That's it. That's not enough to sustain consistent fantasy production. When we look at him from an expected fantasy points perspective and actual, he is by far the highest over expectation of any player in the league right now. He is outproducing. Now, to some people, they may say, well, that's because he's awesome. No, every player would, you know, every player regresses to the mean over a long enough span of time, and sometimes in a very short span of time. In other words, no player out there, I don't care if you're Taysom Hill, I don't care if you're Barry Sanders in your prime, I don't care if you're Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile, every player out there will regress to the mean. 
And regress can be up, regress could be down. In this case, it would be down because he's extraordinarily efficient. So here's my point. Fantasy managers tend to chase their ambulance chasers. They want to go after last week's stats. They think that because it happened last week that that's an indicator of future results. And in some instances, it may be. In other instances, it may be in, in, indicative of, oh crap, we better not expect this in the future because this was an outlier performance. That's what we got out of Taysom Hill. We've had essentially two outlier. Well, he had the long run early in the season, but otherwise, you know, basically didn't play. And now here we go again. Huge outlier game. So I'm saying 5% because should he be rostered? Sure. Should we go and spend the 20 or 25% or whatever people are going to spend on him? No, I don't think so. He is not the top tight end on the off in that offense. It's Jawan Johnson. He's not even really the number two tight end. He's sort of a wide receiver. This was the first time that he played any snaps at running back all season long. And sure, he's going to run some wildcat, but I suspect less wildcat because we did see this when Jameis Winston's back under center. So you do you. You love whatever you want to love. If you want to spend that much money on Taysom Hill, then do it. But I am not uh, spending that much, so proceed at your own risk. Alec Pierce at 9, 5% on him. He capitalized on Patrick Sertain being on Michael Pittman and got some heavy usage. He's squarely the number two. He's going to be involved. There are going to be up up games, down games, uh, but he should be on rosters. Michael Gallup, 5%, still rostered just 51% of leagues. He is the number two in that offense, and hopefully Dak will be back soon. Evan Ingram, 5%. I will, uh, I'll I'll try it again. (laughs) He had six for 69, nice, on 10 targets this past week. And one of his better games of the year did come in week two against the Colts, who they faced this week. Justin Fields, 5%. It wasn't pretty with him, man. But he had 17 fantasy points this past week. He is against Washington on Thursday night. That's a nice matchup. So if you're in need of a streamer with some, some pop, Uh, Justin Fields is in the mix. Rashad White, 3%. Leonard Fournette is a clear lead back, but I would roster White even if I don't have Fournette. Played 40% of the offensive snaps. Fournette played 60. Well, 61 to be precise. 60-40 split. That's a timeshare. That's not a starter and backup. So White is trending up. Damian Williams, 3%. The Falcons back is eligible to return this week. I haven't seen anything about him being activated just yet, but Heading into the season, he was supposed to be the number one back on early downs, and then that would allow Patterson to kind of do his thing as an offensive weapon, but he immediately got hurt in the first game. Usually, you do not lose your job due to injury, so I would expect him to leapfrog right back over Tyler Algier and be the lead, but we don't know. That's why I'm only going 3% here. And this will only be for as long as Patterson is sidelined as well. Rondell Moore, 3%. Seven catches on eight targets for 68 yards this past week. The problem, DeAndre Hopkins will come off of suspension next week. Now, we don't know exactly where he is. We haven't had any updates on his injury situation because he was banged up. But once Hopkins is back, then Moore will slide back to the number four. There's still at least some value here on Moore, but I don't want to go too crazy. Hayden Hurst, 3%, back-to-back games with touchdowns, six catches, 53 yards this past week, and he would benefit if T. Higgins does miss any time. 
Uh, it's, he's being called day-to-day right now, but he could miss time with that ankle injury. Zay Jones, 3%, got back on the field with eight targets this past week. The fantasy numbers weren't great, but the volume was good for, for Zay Jones. Donovan Peoples-Jones, 3%, 16 targets over the last two games. He's the number two receiving option on that offense. Uh, well, number two wide receiving option because Njoku's there too, but the volume is good enough for a roster spot. Khalil Shakir, 3%. Man, I thought the rookie looked pretty good, and this offense has been able to sustain four wideouts. Like The number four wideout isn't a complete afterthought because remember, the, the last two years, the number four wideout on that roster, Gabe Davis. So 75 yards and a score on three catches. When you play that well, the – your coaches are going to figure out a way to get you on the field, even when McKenzie is back. McKenzie, Isaiah McKenzie is still in the concussion protocol. Joshua Kelly, 3%. I think we have some clarity finally. He outsnapped Sony Michelle 26 to 2, was sprinkled in there along with Austin Eckler. Actually looked about as good as Joshua Kelly has looked in the NFL in that game. And uh, now, if you have Austin Eckler, there's your cuff. Even if you don't, I think it's interesting enough to scoop up Joshua Kelly. Tevin Coleman, 3%. He's a seasoned vet in the Shanahan offense. Uh, Obviously, was in it in Atlanta, was in it in San Francisco, and also was basically in it with the Jets because the Jets are kind of running the the same run scheme there. And he was used. He was mixed in there. Obviously, Jeff Wilson's the number one, but... Coleman could very well be the number two now until Elijah Mitchell returns. Daniel Jones at 2%, 22 on the list. Only Lamar and Jalen Hurts have more rushing yards among quarterbacks. How about that? That gives him some value. He could be a streamer this week. Another streamer. Actually, got two more for you. Jimmy Garoppolo. I liked him as a streamer last week, and that worked out. He was a top 10 play. This week, revenge for Kyle Shanahan against the Falcons. How dare you let me become a head coach? Um, Yeah, he's in play in one quarterback leagues, Garoppolo is. Also, Carson Wentz. It's been so ugly, but he's facing Chicago, and Carson Wentz has shown he can put up fantasy points in the right matchups. This is a... This is one of those matchups. Randall Cobb at 25 on the list, 2% on him. He was a top target this week with 13 targets, but I, this is going to fluctuate week in and week out, so only in deeper leagues am I adding him. Kenny Pickett, 2% in deeper one-quarterback leagues. He's rostered in Superflex almost certainly, but if he isn't, I'd go up to 50% on him. You just don't find guys like this on uh, your Superflex waivers. You know, did a decent enough job against a tough defense last week. James Cook, speaking of that defense, well, he's on the offense for that team, Buffalo. 2% on him. He scored his first touchdown this past week. Not why I'm picking him up. This is yet another, in case something happens to Devin Singletary, going to toss him on the bench, a little bit of a scratch-off lottery ticket, because if something happens, man, he's basically, he's very similar to his brother. He's very similar to Dalvin Cook. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan, 1%. This is just a reminder if you have Joe Mixon. Only Joe Mixon. That's who those that's who I'm talking to right now. Go out and pick up P. Ryan, cover your rear end. Alexander Madison, 1%. Same thing if you have Dalvin Cook. If you don't have Mixon, you don't need P. Ryan right now. If you don't have Madison, you don't need, or if you don't have uh, Cook, you don't need Madison right now. Kate Otten, 1%. This is for you deep uh, tight end premium leagues. <laughs> 1% in those formats. I mean, he had seven targets, caught six balls. Granted, Cameron Bray didn't play due to concussion, but 
you know, maybe they continue to use him. I, I don't know for a fact, but I'm going to take those shots uh, right now at this point in the season. Mike Thomas, 1% in case T. Higgins can't go this week. Thomas actually wasn't that bad in that role. And that's the exact role. He just he just takes over for Higgins' role in the offense. Uh, Deion Jackson, 1%. Jonathan Taylor, I hope, will be back this week. But just in case, I want to get out in front of it. Uh, Jackson actually looked pretty good this past week in the relief duty. Like, obviously, Naeem Hines as well. We got to see where his status is. But just getting out ahead of this one, in the worst-case scenario, all right, well, you just cut Jackson loose later in the week if you really don't need him. Uh, Bailey Zappi, 1%. This is, uh, well, 1% in super deep one-quarterback leagues. In super flex leagues, he is a rental play where I would go 5 to 10%. Uh, where you know we don't know when Mac Jones is going to be back on the field. If Mac Jones is back this week, well, oh well, we we maybe shouldn't have spent on Bailey Zappi. If you really wanted to avoid that, you just go with PJ Walker. Uh, five. Well, actually, I'd probably go higher on PJ Walker. I'd probably go fifteen to twenty percent on him, simply because Baker Mayfield does have a high ankle. Uh, they said it doesn't require surgery, but the fact that surgery was on the table tells me this is probably going to be close to a four-week absence. So you get a four-week rental play there with P.J. Walker. Got some mobility. Better than you'd think as a passer as well. Uh, shout out Temple University. Desmond Ritter, 1%. And really, 1% only in Superflex. I just want to get out ahead of this. Like, There's no rumblings that Marcus Mariota is going to lose his job just yet, but there almost is... No chance Mariota keeps the job through the whole season. The only chance they have is somehow if they get into the playoff picture, and I just don't see it, the team is going to have to evaluate Ritter for next year because if they're looking at a top five pick, let's say, well, there are going to be some quarterbacks who could potentially go top five. If you think that Ritter, though, is worth it, like let's ride out a rookie contract with him or at least let's give him another year as a starter, if he does enough to impress you there, I mean, heck, you're sitting at top five pick and some quarterbacks come off the board. You could wind up with somebody like Will Anderson in this year's draft. And Will Anderson is a monster. He's going to be a monster off the edge in the NFL. I mean, he's already a monster off the edge in uh, the college level. He, he basically won the game for Alabama last week. So anyway, um, getting out ahead of Ritter and getting him on the, on the cheap. Uh, four hard pass players for me this week. Not going to pick up Marvin Jones. Yes, he topped 100 yards this week. The week before, he had a fantasy goose egg, and that was a weird game. So not picking him up, not picking up Darius Slayton. I'm not picking up any Giants receiver because it's a mess. Until it sort of sorts itself out, if that ever happens, I'm not touching it. Deami Brown, two catches uh, is all he had. Both of them were long touchdowns. And Jahan Dotson is going to have that role as soon as he returns. So Deami Brown would go back to the bench. I'm going to try and sell high on Deami Brown in Dino, by the way. And then Philip Lindsay, even if Jonathan Taylor misses another game, Lindsay looks so flat compared to Deion Jackson. So not worried about Lindsay. All right, my hold list for the week. Don't have a ton of players, but I am holding DJ Moore. I know people want to drop him. I've seen some positive momentum here. 19 targets over the last two weeks. Maybe P.J. Walker can breathe some life into his value. Chase Edmonds is clearly behind Raheem Mostert, but I'm holding on to him just in case. We know Raheem Mostert has gotten hurt in the past. We have seen how injuries have altered the fantasy landscape, and it's so nice going into a waiver wire run. Like, if you're sitting with Walker right now, dude, tonight is just, it's easy. I love that. It's a great feeling. Uh, Damian Harris going to hold on to him through this hammy injury. It does sound like it's, well, it's going to cost him some time, but I don't think he lands on injured reserve as of right now. 
That could change. Now, if he does land on injured reserve, then we may have to move on from him for the short term, uh, especially you short bench people. Jared Goff, I am going to hold on to him through his bye because quarterback has been a little shaky with some of these guys. And I'm going to mention two big potential cuts for us here. But yeah, uh, Jared Goff going to hold on to him. All right, let's move on to the cut list. Rashad Penny, injuries suck. They suck. And he was, I mean, he was in the midst of a good season. I feel for him. I hope the best for him in his recovery. But, you know, honestly, even in a keeper league, next year we could be looking at a spot where that door is slammed shut because Walker just seizes the job. Allen Robinson, if you didn't make the move last week, I did talk about it last week, but just in case, like, he go. It ain't working for Allen Robinson. Robert Tunyon, in, in theory, there should be a lot of work there, but, you know, you get Mercedes Lewis catching the touchdown. You have him, Robert Tunyon averages 2.74 air yards per target. Yikes. And uh, he has uh, not had more than 37 receiving yards in any game. Tyler Conklin, he gone. Uh, CJ Uzama out there now. Yay. Uh, one target, no catches for Tyler Conklin. Dalton Schultz apparently re-aggravating the injury. He can't stay healthy, and at this point, we can't, We don't have the luxury of time. Like, all right, we're at week six. It's not crunch time yet, but, I, I mean, we haven't gotten anything out of Schultz in a while. We can't use him with any confidence, and I was a little reluctant initially to kick him to the curb because I didn't want to give my league anything. I don't think we're giving, giving them anything at this point. And, uh, you know, who knows the severity of this injury, too. Like, he may miss more time. Caleb Huntley, complete afterthought, and he'll be even further relegated. He may not even be on the active roster with da- once Damian Williams is activated. All right, two big quarterbacks. You ready? Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson. And for very different reasons. I don't think Stafford is playing poorly. I think that the personnel in the Rams' offense is limiting what he can do. And so he'll dink and dunk all day long to Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby, and I still love those guys going forward. But Stafford's value, he is not a running quarterback, so it's going to be closely tied to converting for touchdowns. And, I I mean, the way the defenses are defending that offense, it's not going to be a 40-touchdown season for Stafford. You know, obviously, after the start. I mean – 25 touchdowns and if he score if he throws 25 touchdown passes and let's say 4500 yards even if it's 4700 yards he's still going to be like quarterback 18 which you could do better you could certainly do better Russell Wilson completely different scenario I, I I think the injury issue is a big 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 concern here we are hearing that he should be ready for this week uh we heard that he got the shot in the shoulder uh, he has looked like a shadow of his former self in this offense. He is not clicking right now. And again, don't have the luxury of time. Like if you said, would I drop Russell Wilson for Geno Smith? A week ago, I would have been like, yo, come on. No, I'm doing it now. I mean, Geno has consistently proven he can put points on the board and Russell Wilson has consistently proven that he can't. He did have the one week in week four, but generally speaking, you know, we don't need, we don't need to keep, you know, beating this one into the ground if we we have the opportunity to move on let's move on Russell Gage and remember with any drop we don't just simply drop a player we're only like I guess you could just drop Rashad Penny because there's no reason to keeping it but we're only dropping players to make our team better so if there's somebody better to pick up if there's nobody better to pick up then whatever uh Russell Gage too I would also move on from because Chris Godwin is back and and seems to be fine now which is good for Godwin but it moves Gage way down in the pecking order all right here's your defensive streamers uh but first if you have any of these four defenses you're good you don't need to stream 
Tampa, Philly, San Francisco, Green Bay. I'm using all those. I'm not overthinking defense here. I'm just rolling with those defenses. If you don't have them, and note, I did not say Dallas because they are facing Philly, and I don't like that matchup there. But if you don't have any of those defenses, here is who I am streaming this week. I am streaming the Rams. Surprisingly enough, they're widely available against Carolina, P.J. Walker, and the defense really hasn't been the issue for the Rams this season. I'm streaming the Jags against Indianapolis. They put up 18 fantasy points against the Colts in Week 2. Matt Ryan, three picks, five sacks. The Bengals, New Orleans, is a turnover machine. I don't care who is under center for them. giving the ball away 2.6 times per game this season. Carolina on the other side against the Rams. The Rams are the number one fantasy matchup for defenses. 2.4 turnovers per game, 4.2 sacks per game, 16 points scored per game. All of that good for the Carolina Panthers. And who knows with the new coaching, well, the shakeup. It's not new coaches per se. But the shakeup in the coaching regime. Sometimes we see these these teams come out and are inspired that, uh, that game after the coach gets fired. So we'll see. Chicago. Uh, versus Washington and Washington versus Chicago, both sides of that. Carson Wentz, one of the most heavily sacked quarterbacks in the league right now. And Washington, uh, well, the Bears allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game to opposing defenses. So there you go. All right, remember, if you want more podcasts from me, subscribe to the FTN Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I do pods on Wednesdays and Fridays there. And ftnfantasy.com is where you get the waiver wire rankings, the rankings, the projections, the tools, all that. Promo code RATPACK gets you 20% off. All right, follow me on Twitter, at Jeff Radcliffe, and I will catch you back on this feed next Tuesday for Week 7 waiver wire. Oh, baby! I'll catch you on the flip side. I'm Jeff Radcliffe, and I'm out!